Hi, welcome to another UH Studio Architecture Podcast episode. We welcome Bruno Postel, who's the developer behind the Homemaker add-on for Blender. The Homemaker add-on automates the process of turning a simple model with the help of the topologic library into a proper IFC BIM model. The name could be a bit misleading because it can work not only with homes, but with any kinds of buildings. And the inspiration for Homemaker comes from Christopher Alexander's A Pattern Language book, which is one of the most important books written for architecture and urban design. He shares with us some very interesting insights about his inspiration and also about his daily work. So let's tune in now and let's get it started. Bruno, it's great to have you. Welcome. No, it's great, great to meet you, Dimitar. Yeah. Can you tell us maybe a little bit more about Homemaker and maybe how you get into making it and yeah. how does it work and your inspiration? Homemaker add-on is a, is a Blender plugin that, um, that works with Topologic and Blender MIM. A short description, what you do is you draw draw the shape of your building. It could just be a simple cube and you, you click a button and um and it and it creates um the whole the whole building as an IFC model. So yeah, so you go from having a simple cube to having um walls and windows and ceilings and floors. Um and it's basically the everything you need to then take that forward as as a project. So it's um as such it's it's kind of an early design tool. So it's a it's a tool where you can you can play around with your building, um, move things around, add rooms, you know, add, add levels, change heights, um, and that's all very easy to do because um, because everything is generated, and the only thing you're editing are the um, the spaces and the faces of the walls. You you make it sound. It's actually even more exciting than the way you describe it because it's you basically have okay. a conceptual model, right? Let's take a cube, for example, you know, and we maybe rotate or extrude yep. the cube a little bit, right? And then you press the magic home maker button or build or whatever it is. And from that extruded cube, it produces a pretty detailed massing, right? With with walls, with windows, yeah. with with floors, with even with rooms on the inside, right? That's right. Yeah, and and of course it's um it's completely stylable. So that so the um so it's equivalent to uh, if you're familiar with cascading style sheets on a web page that yeah. that, you have, that you can create you can create a style sheet and and um and your, your web page will be completely different depending on what style sheet you're using. Um, so Homemaker has the equivalent of a of a style sheet. You just define your styles as an IFC library. So, all, so you 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 create all the windows that you want to use in your buildings, and you and you define all the the different wall types and floor types and so on, and um, and then that, that style is then used for every building that you create. And so you can technically have the same massing, and you can apply it to quite different styles and have them maybe with even the same areas with the same floor plans and so on, but with with different architectural aesthetic. Yeah, sure. So, so depending on the style you pick, your walls could be could be a, a glazing system, or they could have, um, you know, lots of small windows, or a big window, or or different wall thicknesses, different materials, whatever you like. Yeah. So we we were talking on a previous episode with with Sam, and who's the create the creator of topologic so he was mentioning we were asking you know talking about projects that are utilizing topology because he mentioned that a 
the time currently topologic is more of a developer friendly tool almost like a framework that others can incorporate into their software tools to help them push designs further and so what we were talking about Homemaker specifically, that it's one of those tools that currently is maybe using one of the more advanced aspects of what Topologic is capable of. Yeah. So, so um, Wasim's developed this um, a Topologic library, and, and, and as a library, it's really only usable by programmers. Mm -hmm. um, so, and, 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 and the, the, the innovation, as far as I'm concerned, with Topologic is that. Um, in, in, in computer modeling, you, you, you create objects um, and um, we have this thing that, um, that we call a manifold, which is a, a sealed, like a cube is, is, is a manifold. It has six faces and they're all joined together. And so there's a space that's inside and there's a space that's outside. And we can, um, we can query, we can ask the computer, what's the volume of this space? And, you know, is this point inside the space or outside the space? Um, and Wasim's innovation is that um, his, he, um, is we can now create models where you have multiple spaces together. Um, and, and it's not a normal thing that we do in computer graphics, um, but it's something that we really need to do in architecture. So that if you have, um, you can, if you can create a model where there are multiple spaces and the, the model knows which spaces are next to each other. Um, and so if you have walls or floors between spaces, the, the model understands that. Um, so, uh, so in terms of modeling buildings, this is the kind of information you need in terms of energy analysis, or or even just figuring out if you can get from one room to the other. You know, are, are all the rooms in this building accessible? Yeah. So, um, so so when when I saw that Wasim had created this library, I, I took um, this uh, homemaker is actually a project that's got quite a lot of history as a, an evolutionary design tool. Mm -hmm. um, so. So when I created Homemaker, it's um, it's entirely an unattended um, um, machine for designing buildings. So um, you, you give it a um, you give it the, the a plot area, and you you tell it about surrounding buildings and um, what the boundary conditions are, and then you 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 run the program and it and it um, generates a population of buildings and it evolves them. It um, it, 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 um, it does mutation and crossover and it, and it. Um, and it and it generates a building. It can take days to do this, um, but and, and uh, so that that's my that was my initial homemaker project. Now, one of the criticisms that um, that that software always had is that that it's completely non-interactive. So if a um, so if a designer wanted to um, to control that process, they're they're out of luck. Mm -hmm. um, it uses um, Christopher Alexander's pattern languages um, as a as a fitness criterion. Um, I don't know if anyone knows about Christopher Alexander. He wrote a book um, in, called A Pattern Language in 1977, which is, um, it's 253 patterns. They're, and they're all um, basic rules about um, what works in buildings and what doesn't work in buildings. It's a um, classic. So things like, um, um, it's a classic book, yeah. It's possibly one of the best-selling architecture books of all time. Um, now, the problem with um, a pattern language is that, um, they have all these rules, like um, there's uh, 159, which is um, light on two sides of every room. So that so this is a rule that says well, all rooms should have um, windows on two sides of the room. Now that's um, that's that's a great thing to say, but actually it doesn't tell you how to design that building. Mm. 
Yeah, the, the, the pattern language isn't a design method as such. And 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 architects architects historically have had a lot of trouble trying to integrate the pattern language into their practice. So um because because you have all these rules and, and you're trying to balance them all at the same time uh, and it's an optimization problem and, and you're juggling and, and actually it, it doesn't really work when you're trying to integrate clients' needs and on all these patterns all at the same time. It's very difficult. Um, so so I built this this um, evolutionary design software that, that, that designs buildings using all these patterns and it tries to integrate and balance um, perhaps a dozen of these patterns all at the same time and conjure up a building. Um, now, um, it, it works very well, but as, as I say, it's not an interactive tool. What people want, they, what their, their initial content, content is, well, um, what if I want a, a room with two bedrooms? And I'm like, well, the, the computer says it should be three. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and, you know, the, the, this is your plot. You, you know, you should have three bedrooms. Um, now, um, um, so as part of that homemaker project, what it did is, it, uh, is at the end of this process, it would generate an IFC model that you could open in a BIM program. Um, and and, and when, I, when I discovered that um, Basim had created this topologic pro, um, library that understood about spaces, I realized that, that, that perhaps half of the code that I had um, in, this, in this evolutionary system um, could actually be repurposed and, and turned into a completely interactive design tool. Mm -hmm. So, so that, um, so that you could basically, you could model a, um, one of these topologic cell complexes, which is this non-manifold non mesh geometry. Um, you can mo model one of these and, um, and then click a button and, and, and I could reuse all my old code to, to, to generate the building. Um, so, that's the, so that is this homemaker add-on that um that we now have um as it's a, it's a blender add-on that also depends on blender bin and topologic and so that's so so how does it work you you design do you only need to create a shell and does it do like the floors or do you need to do like floors as well and maybe like let's say if you're doing an apartment building that you do like the the apartment separation and then he figures out what happens on the inside or do you need to show yes. every wall so yeah so uh, um so yeah certainly with the the interactive tool yeah you need to draw all the walls um you don't you don't need to indicate where windows and doors go the the software will will try and figure that out it'll um it'll it'll if you you indicate what um what you want the spaces to be so you, so um it's currently orientated towards domestic design so um so if you say this room's a kitchen, this room's a living room, this room's a, a toilet, bathroom, um, it won't put a door between a kitchen and a toilet. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so, so it has some built-in rules like this. And, and in general, it all it will generate the building that 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 makes sense given the spaces that you've you've created. Um, you can so, so the um, so you define the. The geometry using normal Blender tools. So Blender is an incredibly sophisticated, um, in fact, in fact, way too sophisticated in some ways tool for for, for creating three D objects. Um, and, and Homemaker only really uses a tiny fraction of that that capability. So because when you're designing buildings, you're generally um, designing cube cubes or cube shaped things or or, or roofs and shapes like that. Um, so it's quite it's, it's quite easy to use, even if you're not particularly familiar with Blender. 
So you said it, uh, its primary aim at the moment is domestic design. Do you mean like a small private units, like terrace housing yeah, and, uh, or also larger built multi-story buildings? Yeah, now that's been my orientation um, when creating it. But actually, you know, I've done test models that are very large. So, so no, it, it, um, I've, I've built, I've done test models that have dozens of rooms or even hundreds of rooms, multiple stories. You can design whatever you like. It isn't limited by, by, um, by my um, intent. I mean, all, all the styles that I've created are very much domestic styles. So, so you, you could design an office building in it with it, but it's all going to have kind of domestic windows and doors at the moment, and, unless you create your own styles. Mm -hmm. And what kind of do you know of like the kinds of people that are using Homemaker? In case you happen to be new here, the UH Studio Architecture podcast talks about the latest innovative technology in terms of parametric design, open source design tools. We invite a number of different guests with which we talk about architectural design, the importance of technology and computational design. If you would like to support the work that we're doing, you can become a patron or you can buy one of our courses available at uhstudio.com. Um. <laughs> Uh, who's using it? I mean, I'm using it, but uh, I'm, my practice isn't. Um, I'm not. Do, I'm not designing buildings at the moment. I, my my work is mainly with sculptural sculptures. Okay. I design. I design. Uh, I do the, the space between the artist and the engineering of doing very large sculptures. Um, but um, so I mean, there are there are people who've used it for designing game levels. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, there are maybe architects using it for doing um for doing um, um, proposal designs, um, but the, the people tend not to share these kind of things on the internet. So, so actually, I don't know who who's using it for what. To to me, it sounds like, and you know, we, we've talked before on the forums for OSARC. And in case you guys don't know, OSARC it's a open source architecture community that's actually beyond architecture now. It's a, in, incorporating all of AEC, so architecture, engineering, and construction. Uh, professionals who are interested in progressing open source tools. So Bruno, we have an excellent post there uh, on Homemaker, which is quite popular, sure. right? And I remember yep. asking maybe a few years back how to install it. And I think at that point it was a bit complicated, but correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, but the latest version, is it just an add-on that you install like any other? Yeah, bed, right? so, so, so now, yeah, it's, it's, it's very much changed. When I start, started building it, was uh, these things, you, you tend to create a proof of concept and it's all bits and pieces cobbled together from various locations and it's not so easy to install. But, um, but no, now it's, it's, there, there are three downloads. There's Windows download, um, a Mac download, and there's a Linux download, and you just pick the one that you need. And, um, and then it's a one-click install within Blender. Um, so as long as you have Blender BIM, BIM installed. Okay. Does and does it depend on like a specific Blender BIM version or can you use? Um, no, it's not particularly fussy about Blender BIM, but but in because Blender BIM, BIM is moving so fast um, that, that there are just new features every day um, that, that really should be using the latest version whenever you, yeah. whenever you do anything with Blender BIM. Yeah. And in case the audience is not familiar with Blender BIM, that's another plugin quite popular for native IFC authoring directly in Blender. And it's quite interesting because you're using Blender's interface, but all of your objects are actually IFC objects. So in other words, there's no 
import and export when it comes to IFC models. You open them natively, they open as fast as you open uh, any native file format in any program, and then you save it natively. So it's quite an interesting plugin for for BIM, for architecture and engineering. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd certainly say uh, the Blender BIMs is kind of a revolutionary approach. This native IFC uh, that, um, that traditionally BIM programs that uh, they have there, their, um, you, you design your model in a in a proprietary database that's specific to the software you're using, and then um, th then if you need to you need to interoperate with somebody else for exchange data, you you export an IFC file and you send somebody else's IFC file, and um, if you're lucky, they can import it into their software and maybe do something with it. But it, but in practice, that this that whole process um, really isn't very successful. Um, um, but what what we've discovered with Blender BIM is that by by um, by working with IFC natively, it's it's great. You, you, the IFC, the IFC file is is um, is a text file with thousands of lines, and in if you um, if you edit a wall in in Blender BIM. And then save the IC file. There's only quite often just a handful of lines in the file that have changed, and the rest of the file is exactly the same. Um, mm. And this this makes um, being able to tell what's changed in the file uh, very easy. And, and you know, uh, there's all sorts of uh, other interesting things that can, can that are then possible. So I'm curious in your in your professional practice, do you do you use any Blender tools? Yeah, so I I use Blender a lot um, because I mean, my my work is, um, is is doing strange shape three D objects. Mm. That's that, that, that's my work, and my my, my um, so my, my skills are, are very much to do with with knowing what can be built and what can't be built, and, and you know yeah yeah you can build this shape, but actually that's going to be expensive. You can build this shape instead. We we know how to build something that's that's equally good using a different technique. And um, and yeah, so I use Blender for for an awful lot. I use Blender Sphere Chalk, which is um, uh, a, a graphical node, um, graphical programming environment that that's also another Blender add-on. Um, and um, but but mainly, I've been really coding it all myself and and using using Blender as the editor viewer, what, what, and and then but generating geometry using. Um, a collection of scripts that I built up over the years. Nice. And so, yeah. what's your typical process? So you come up with something, and then yeah, I imagine you probably rationalize well, it a bit, right? Yeah, sure. So, so I mean, the the first big project I did with Blender was um, was in two thousand eight. So this was a sculpture that was um, thirty meters high. Wow, um, and it was made out of, um, I, I, I think about 150 tons of steel, um, all all uh, I, I sections and and H sections. That's a pretty um, legitimate building size there. <laughs> yeah, and it was quite big. Um, so and um and and it was and but the but the difficult thing was it was shaped like a rock. So so I so right. I modelled uh, a, a a a rock which is a really quite a random shape. In, in in Blender, and then um, and then I created some scripts that sliced this up and, and turned it into a into something that was actually buildable. And you did that in Blender. 
Yeah, so I, I modeled the rock in Blender, um, and at the time there was there was nothing like Spherechok, so there, there there was there was no way that I could I could do this slicing up process. It, 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 nowadays, I could quite easily do that um, using using add-ons like Spherechok. Um, um, so no, that that was then then done entirely. I have, I have a whole load of Perl scripts that, that that do manipulations of geometry. So I did it all offline and then re-imported it back in. Um, but but since then, I've, I, it depends because some um, you know some some of these sculptures are, are very easy to do in Blender. Some of them I do in other tools. I actually have a whole um, series of different. Um, Different three D design tools and and I and I swap data between them and, and and pretty much Blender's involved at some point in all the projects that I do, but it's not necessarily the main tool for creating shapes. And is Rhino then another tool? And Grasshopper? No, I've never used Rhino. Um, no, no. I, I I I actually the three tools that I use I use Blender and I use AutoCAD and I use SketchUp. Hmm. And 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 but but it, but in general the the, the the actual if there's a difficult geometry I'm I'm creating that entirely in code, so so it's it's kind of, so in that sense it's kind of irrelevant what three D design software I'm using. So you you do the whole thing then. So you you come up with the sculpture concept, yeah? No, I so I, okay. I generally work with an artist. So, oh, I see. So no, I'm 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 not, I'm not the artist. So um, and 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 I fit in this space in between the artist and 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 the engineering. Um, that, that in general, the artist and the engineer may, may not be able to communicate very well. Mm -hmm. um, right, whereas um, basically whereas, two different languages <laughs> in a way, isn't it? Then you're the translator. Yeah, and, and I'm the translator, but but I'm the person who knows what 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 I, you know, I know enough for engineering to be able to be able to, to 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 hand it over. So so I I, I do quite a lot of the engineering, um, um, and and then and I hand it over to an engineer who can then um, then check it or tell me that it doesn't work. But uh, but I also then also on the other side I'm, I'm working with the artist who who says yeah I want to do this uh, this is my concept how can we build that? Hmm. So I imagine people like Amish Kapoor probably have like consultants like you to help them out with their yeah. But I, I don't work with Amish Kapoor, but I do work with other artists. Yeah. 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 Uh, so how did you get? inspired do you have like an architectural background or where did the idea of yeah. homemaker sort of yeah so so um yeah so i so i did i studied architecture i, I did did my um part one and my part two in the uk mm -hmm. um and um but I, i've no i've i've then worked in architectural practices a bit but not very much um kind of um it's it's yeah i uh, didn't come to be honest. I didn't really enjoy working in architectural practice. Mm. Um, and and um, for so for a lot of my career, I'll, I've been building strange structures. So so for um, or or, or three dimensional odd shaped structures. So so for many years, I built mobile um, theaters and stages. Mm -hmm. So um, so if you've ever been in a, in a UK festival, you've probably um, probably seen a band in one of the tents that I that I designed. Oh, cool. Um, the the, the Kayam concert tent, and um, there's, there's another one called Tensile One, which was, when it was built, was the largest mobile venue ever built. Um, but but, I, but but my practice has more or less moved on from there to doing these sculptures mm -hmm. for the last last um, or 15, 16, 17 years. 
it's it's interesting because maybe like as you know the architecture profession has changed quite a bit in the last let's say 20 years or so where mm -hmm. maybe the profession does need expertise with, with people like you that know how to build funky <laughs> maybe. structures you know? yeah yeah i mean the 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 um I, I'm, I'm part of my frustration with architecture is I found this book, this pattern language book, yeah. and 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 uh, and and, um, and I wasn't able to use any of this stuff because mm. you know, actually, the, actually, the, the, what architects are doing day to day is is, is building not very interesting buildings. Um, uh, it's, so 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 I moved away from that, but 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 I always had this this idea that I, that I really want to try and make this pattern language thing work. Yeah, because despite it being one of the best-selling architecture books that's ever been written, you know, uh, it, it um, people don't use it. Yeah, and and so so I felt like I kind of needed to find a way, and 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 I saw that um, that this evolutionary technique was going to be was going to be one way of approaching it, and so 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 one thing led to another. So so I got back into architecture by doing this um, this evolutionary homemaker tool and then and then that's progressed when when blender bim appeared uh, allowed me to actually use these ifc files and then topologic appeared and i thought ah this, here's another tool we can make this interactive design tool yeah from as, a, as an experienced architect you know that has mm -hmm. been using fairly sophisticated tools and yep. seeing how quickly you know you're pushing Logic's pushing Blender BIM's pushing the open source space within architecture and design. It's actually really cutting edge stuff that people perhaps don't even realize how how, how fantastic these new tools that that you're developing are and how much they can actually aid in the progress of architecture design. Speed it up. Yeah, um, and the, um, uh, Blender BIM's been a been a, a wonder that, um, that that although it's it started from a from a uh, you know, it started from scratch, it's, it's actually been useful from day one because because actually lot, lots of people have a real need to to open an IFC file, make some changes, and save it again. Yeah, and and so um, so that that's been what people that that's um, so so. It's a, has a, been a viable product right from the beginning, and um, but now Blender BIM has a whole load of design tools. You can draw walls, you can you, know, you can do all the things that you would normally expect to do in a BIM tool, um, and yeah, so so uh, lots of people are using it for all sorts of things. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the day where I can dump my you know Revit tools and just use Blender-based tools to design, and for the most part, in regards mm -hmm. to design. We're pretty much there with a lot of these open source tools. It's the documentation mm -hmm. side that may need to sure. evolve a little yeah. bit more, so it becomes useful to even more people. Yeah, so so creating drawings—that's that's the thing that um, that we need to be able to do. And and Blender BIM's getting there, and and a lot of the development lately has been related to to, to making sure that the drawing side of things works well. Which is like really crazy to think about it, right? So Blender started as an in-house animation and movie, you know, creating mm -hmm. 3D software, right? But because it's yeah. this really advanced 3D tool, which is open and has a pretty good API, that people can use it as a base and create all these wonderful things on top of it and kind of, 
you know, use it as a, as a black box in a way, right? That they expand in many different ways. And that's what open, so open source does, isn't it? It's like, great. Now, instead of having to pay to use Revit and lots of architects these days, they develop a lot of architecture practices, develop their own tools for Revit, let's say, if there's a missing feature, but that stays in house, you know, that rarely goes to the public. And what happens is because everybody's working to develop this closed source tool, that a lot of architectural companies are actually making the same kinds of tools because they're not collaborating amongst themselves. Now, you know, some are releasing open source plugins for Revit, but I mean, if your core is rotten, you know, there's no way to fix that in a way. So it's, yeah, it's mm. really fantastic to see so much progress in the open source world in regards to architecture and design. Yeah, sure. And, and, and I mean, the other side of this is that there's now a, a web-based <laughs> IFC tools that, 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 that and, and, and that there's a, a whole other world of, of people creating um, web applications for manipulating and viewing IFC files. Yeah, so IFC is a, is a funky file format. It's not for the faint of heart, you know, and Blender BIM no. takes like a very kind of purist approach to it where, you know, the user interface is minimal. You do have to know, you know, how you have to, let's say, virtually put the building together, right? So put like all yeah, the sure, layers, yeah. the side, the building, how walls need to go into storage and so on. But then like once you understand that basic framework, then yeah, you're basically designing things that could be used by anybody that can import and export IFC yeah. files. Well, well um, and of course, this is where Homemaker fits in. So the Homemaker add-on is, is, is basically an extension to Blender BIM that lets you, lets you create all these buildings without understanding the, the, the nuts and bolts of the IFC format. Um, yeah. And, but, that, yeah. And that, that's great because it, Immediately, I think about, I don't know if you're familiar with a tool called TestFit, and it's a... Yeah, I've, I've heard of it, but yeah, yeah. It's, it's a proprietary tool, but basically you have, hmm. it, it's, and it's used mostly by developers who want to test, do a test fit out, even before the hmm. architecture starts, to understand whether that site is a good investment or not you know so how many buildings can they put on there how many floors can they generate how many square meters or square feet of space are they going to be able to create so they do a, a few test fits with that and that software is proprietary it's quite pricey it's been developed quite well but i can almost foresee an open source alternative of that with topologic and blender beam to to allow designers and yeah. maybe even developers to utilize that. Yes, yeah, so, so, certainly the um, topologic, um, uh, the the, um, the 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 graphical programming environment where where you create nodes and you connect them together and, and so on. That that would be a very good um, environment to do that kind of thing. And can you access topologic in Svirchok? Like, are there nodes for um, like specific topologic functions or? Yes. So this, this is what Wasim has been concentrating on and, 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 and more, most recently is that, um, previously there, there were, he'd, he'd, um, originally years ago, he'd created some nodes that you, um, that, that, that worked with Grasshopper. So, so if you're using Rhino and Grasshopper, you could, you could, um, import, 
um, the topologic nodes and do various kind of topologic things with with the rhino geometry. Um, but but now all, all his work has been um, been uh, well not all his work but a lot of his work has been um, creating these recreating these nodes and expanding them enormously. So there are now many many nodes for for manipulating sphere chalk models and create and, and creating sphere chalk models with with topologic. Uh, and of course, there's a, there's a there's a homemaker node in his topologic nodes, so so that if you want, at the end of your process, you can convert this topologic model into a homemaker IFC model. Mm -hmm. um, do you have? Are there any tutorials available for homemaker for people that? Um, there's 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 just um, some some videos on my YouTube channel, but. Um, it's 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 a it's a question of time. Uh, <laughs> what what what's my, what's the best use of time? Uh, yeah, yeah. And so, what do people uh, need to Google? Uh, what do people need to search for on YouTube to find your um, videos? So, if if they search for Bruno Postal on YouTube, there there are some um, some demonstrations of of me using the the software. So there's um, there's a couple of very large models. There's there's one model that that I take from 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 basically from the ground up and and at the end of it generates some two d drawings um so yeah, you might find some things there so some of them are quite um quite quite elaborate um classical designs because because one of the things you can do when you have a style sheet for your building is that you can you can if you want to model a, a you know a, a Greek or Roman Tuscan architecture, you can do it it's 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 entirely possible. Yeah, it's not limited to that kind of thing, but you can certainly do. Um, yeah, you can do any kind of style that you like. And, and so, for for the styling, you said that you basically have to build your own IFC library of different components. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Yeah, which which you can do entirely in Blender BIM. So so it's it's not like um, um you have to do it all by hand. Um, the, the 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 there is a little bit of um, text files that that control how how you connect all those things together. Well, you know, you can you can create a um, a wall type in in Blender BIM, save it in your library, but you, you still need to say use this wall type in this situation, and that's and those are some text file configuration, a bit like a CSS okay. definition. Hey, can you like customize things like the rules that? The initial rule set that you said you have created to let's say yeah. you know i'm thinking of very pragmatic concepts let's say we're creating designing a building and the external yeah. facade which presumably gets done by topologic has two options one is let's say we have to keep half a meter away from a wall intersection so windows only start half a meter away and then there's another option mm -hmm. that says okay let's make the whole facade glazed right so you, we yeah. we only have maybe even a mullion that hits, not even a solid panel, but the mullion that hits where the walls, where the interior wall starts. Can you do those kinds of things? Yeah. So so yes. So you can. Um, so for, for so yes. So you can style a wall any way you like. You can start. I mean, the classic um, IFC BIM wall is a is a plan that's extruded vertically. So so the, it's a, essentially a, a low bearing wall. So for that kind of wall, um, we can we can uh, we can design windows, and we can say, well, um, start them this far far away from the edge, but don't put them this, too close together, 
uh, and you use you can also create sets of windows so so for a large wall you might use some a smaller number of big windows rather than so, um, a large number of small windows mm -hmm. um, so that's so that's a, a very traditional style of wall that, that fits very very neatly with IFC um, but for for any surface you can say no don't do that at all um, put a, build a grid and fill it with glass or, or do, do and it can do we can do quite some quite complex um, um, patterns in terms of angles and and, um, and spacing and um, repeating objects along that grid. So um, so one of the styles I did more recently is um, is for uh, for, an, for an inclined floor it will um, it will fill it with seats for a cinema. Mm. So so it splits the floor up into into rows and then and then on those rows it places um, cinema seats. Um, in, in that space. Now that's a thing I know then, a thing or two about because I've had to design an auditorium which is already built mm -hmm. and it was while working at David Ajay's office. So mm, he's quite sculptural, let's say, in regards to his approach to architecture design, which in some ways ignores sure. what happens in the interiors. So what was happening is that we would get, he, he would come up and ask for adjusting the shape a little bit and what we had to do is completely redesign the interiors. So yeah, which takes days. Well, yeah. oh, if you're lucky, I decided yeah, yeah. to pick up Grasshopper. This, this was maybe ten years ago. So I decided to learn Grasshopper then because there was no way. You know, it's, it would have just been crazy mm -hmm. to you know start out with the arc. You know, draw my my arc radii for all the seating plans and then position the seats and so on. So I definitely have to check that option out because I know intimately how difficult the process is <laughs> and also i worked at, for hok in the sports and entertainment division where sure. uh, a colleague of mine designed his own uh, the company's plugin for creating balls so the ball the sports balls where right you it's basically like the seating arrangement but the goals in the round right and the round is mm -hmm. various different shapes depending on the necessities in the program so that's kind of out there in a in, in a way where parametric design is definitely needed or tools yeah. that automate the parametrics for you like topologic yeah yeah i mean so certainly seating design is is, is a thing where where quite often you you, you start off with the um with the seating geometry and that defines defines your building uh, and uh, because it takes so because traditionally it takes so long to to come up with the seating geometry is that um you you hardly ever go back and re-examine it um but th that's not always possible so so it gets very expensive if you have to redesign your seating geometry again and again and again yep definitely time consuming um so do you have any plans for kind of next steps or roadmap for homemaker what you're thinking of yeah so um what I want to, my the thing that I really want to do is, um, is so I have this um, this um, evolutionary program with the, the the older version of Homemaker that that um, that's very good at assessing buildings. So it 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 looks at all the rooms and on all the spaces. It, it it does a rough calculation of costs. It um it it, it um it, and it evaluates all all the spaces. Using these um, Chris Ryle Alexander's pattern languages, so it, so it so it looks at the quality of the building as well, um, 
and 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 because you need because you need to be able to 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 say this is a good building or it's a bad building in order to be able to drive that evolutionary process mm -hmm. now so my, my my next project i hope is going to be to reintegrate that back into the interactive tool so you're so when you when you're designing in blender and you're and you're you're creating your, your create creating your massing because basically you're creating a massing model and then clicking a button to to generate the ifc model the bim model uh, at that point, it will say it will give you a report and, and tell you what's wrong with your design or, or what can be improved. Mm. Um, and it'll, so it will use it will it will, but because Topologic is um is actually a really good way of of analyzing a building because we didn't have this before. You you created a BIM model and there was no way to analyze it. You could you could say well there are four hundred windows in this building, but it wouldn't tell you that um that. Yeah, the the distance from your from from two rooms that that need to be connected is too far. It, it, it didn't have that kind of understanding of of what the building was that you were designing. So, so I want to reintegrate all all that kind of thing. Um, I reintegrate the pattern languages, and 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 it'll be almost be like a um, you know, an assistant that will that will help you design your building as you go. Nice. So it, I don't know if you're familiar with Sephira and like some of the tools that SketchUp has been developing lately, uh, because no, I haven't, no. they they they, they kind of have like a similar tool set. So they basically there was a company called Sephira and they Sketch Trimble bought it and incorporated it into SketchUp, and it was basically grabbing your SketchUp model, <coughs> excuse mm -hmm. me, and then doing some an analysis on it energy analysis, daylight analysis, you know, in heating and solar analysis and all those kinds of things. But because I'm not sure the way they were doing it, but it's related somehow with the cloud, you know, and of course they sell it mm -hmm. as like a service. So it's incorporated into like a more expensive subscription package of SketchUp. Yeah. So it's great to hear that you're thinking of, of that because I think that's really important to have like access to uh, robust and they're not probably, well, you tell me if that's the case, but I imagine they're not like um, engineer analysis tools to that level, but they help. It's important in early stages of design to drive the process to know if you're in the right area more or less or not, or there's like a huge mistake that's better fixed during the concept massing stage of the process, the later down mm -hmm. when you have to redesign once you've put in all the detail. Yeah, no, and of course, and 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 um and and, and, and yeah, there's all sorts of things that are going on. Is actually, you know, designing buildings is very hard because a lot a lot of your 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 requirements are are, are really financial requirements, and and you're not necessarily thinking about is this actually a good building. And so, so hopefully, I can we can we can give them give give the designer very early on an indication as to as to what's what's right and what's wrong about the design, um, rather than letting letting the designer go too far along a road um, and discovering that they've got a problem. Mm. And is there like an opportunity for AI or machine learning, or is that already part of your evolutionary? design no so 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 the the evolutionary system is is not what what these days you'd call ai or machine learning um so it's it's a it's an optimization process rather than an ai 
now. Um, and, and I'm not, and, and, and it's not really adaptable to that as, uh, per se. Um, however, one possibility is that, um, and, and, and as you know, as I'm sure you're aware, get, getting AI to design buildings hasn't been very successful so far, that, um, that the AI is very good at um, generating plausible looking buildings. But when you actually look at them, they're, they're, they kind of don't make any sense. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So, so what, 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 what I'd, well, and, 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 uh, and somebody else is welcome to try this because it's all open source software is, um, is to generate, um, perhaps generate thousands of buildings using the, the evolutionary design tool. Mm -hmm. Um, now th those building definitions, they have a score and, and they're actually, um, a simple text file, a, a short text file that, that, um, that, that could easily be. Um, uses input into an AI uh, machine learning setup, so um, so so potentially that you, you could then um, then create an AI tool that generates buildings in a similar way that the evolutionary system did, but does them much faster uh, and, and using using um, all the knowledge generated by the evolutionary tool. And, and, and that would be fun. That would, that would be, you'd be able to create an interactive tool where you, you, you design the, you, you give it your, your plot space that you want to design, want to put your building in and it will, and it will generate a building instantly. Um, so that would be fun. Um, I don't know that I have the time or space to do that. So as I say, it's, it's people are willing to pick that up. Yeah. It's, I think, you know, we're probably going to start seeing more and more of AI creeping into architecture technology in all kinds of ways. No, for sure. I mean, there's already, you know, Stable Diffusion has its own add-on for Blender and uh, along with a series of other add-ons that people, the community has developed for utilizing that uh, in Blender. And I recently even show, saw that somebody developed a chat GPT add-on directly in Blender. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the, the, and again, that's another space that's just moving so fast. At this moment in time, it's, it, it, every week there's something something interesting happen, happening in the AI space. Yeah, it's moving very quickly, and it'll be very interesting to see how the the community, you know, designers, developers, they start to incorporate those tools because I believe that most of what we're using as architects in regards to the design technology could be significantly optimized and improved to speed up the design process. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, now I'm using design tools that, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm aging myself now, but I st first started using CAD in the eighties. Wow. And, I didn't even know it was around in and, the eighties. <laughs> yeah. So, so, and, and, and actually the tools haven't changed that really? much, you know, they really haven't. Um, um, all, all the concepts that, that, that we use in CAD for designing buildings were, uh, uh, are all decades old, yeah. Um, so it's it's about time that some some changes were made. I think. Yeah, so you still, you know, you had the prompt back then, right? In AutoCAD, and you type a line, you get a line. You type a fillet, you get a fillet, and extend, trim. Yeah, but 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 when I use AutoCAD, I still do that. I I, I still use the keyboard commands, which is very fast. Yeah, I I and, think and, um, most people that yeah. are very fast with yeah. AutoCAD, they still rely on the yeah. just the tool. Letters, um, isn't it? And exactly, and, and and it also helps you um, when when you're picking up a, a new version of AutoCAD where they've moved everything around, but but you don't need to know about that because you can use the, the keyboard. Commands. I remember when they changed the interface, you know, with the ribbon interface. 
Um, I've, yeah. When was that? 2007 or 2008? Yeah. I, anyway, so mm -hmm. I, I I feel pretty kind of uh, courageous out there and like like to explore new technologies a lot. I actually base a lot mm -hmm. of my life on that, including, you know, trying to take Blender yeah. into more in the architecture design space. But when that came out, I remember that I'm not going to use that with AutoCAD because it, it depends how you learned it, right? And I learned AutoCAD in like the early yeah. 2000s where it was still the more traditional interface. Yeah. No, I, no and I would still recommend, I mean, AutoCAD isn't going away. It's 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 a, it's a very fast and capable tool for, for the for the... For the range of things that it's good for. So I tell people that use AutoCAD that they actually also know Rhino. They don't realize they know Rhino because Rhino started mm -hmm. out as a plugin, a 3D plugin for AutoCAD in the mid nineties. So it's user interface okay. uh, the way it's designed, it's mimicking AutoCAD in many ways. Of course, it has its own kind of layer on top of that, but basically it has a command prompt and you can type a line and get a line. You can trim, extend and do all those kinds of things. So I, since I've started using Rhino a lot more, I've actually don't use AutoCAD at all because many people don't realize that Rhino is actually a great tool also for drafting. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, and it's not subscription, which is the most important thing sometimes. Yes, and there certainly is. Um, my AutoCAD stopped working last week um, because for some reason it couldn't it couldn't connect to the license server. Yeah, that, that was a problem. Gosh, yes. AutoCAD. <laughs> great. Well, thank you so much for the conversation, Bruno. And it's great okay. to know your inspiration and the background. And I think, you know, pattern language at Christopher Alexander, I had like colleagues in at HOK, urban designers mention it quite often when we're approaching a new project, thinking about like the conceptual layout of it. So it's fantastic that there are actually tools that can help with that process a lot, digital tools. Yeah, no, it's definitely a, a, a path not taken um, that, that I think deserves more attention. Yeah. Um, pleasure to talk to you. Thank you again so much for your time. Yeah, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, great. Thanks, Dimitar. Thank you.